Hey, it is Pastor Paul here from the home office. So glad you are joining us here on this Wednesday. Let's check the date. March 3rd, 2021. All right, we are um, in the middle of Exodus chapter 16, and we read this, we read this chapter yesterday. We're not going to um, to, to read it in its entirety again, but let's kind of retrace where we've been because it'll help us understand um, where, where, where we're going today. So the Israelites have come out of Egypt. They have been witnesses to the, to the greatest redemptive moment in Old Testament history. Probably that's the crossing of the Red Sea. And now they are on their way on this trek to um, Mount Sinai, to worship the Lord, to meet the Lord, to receive his word, to receive his law, to worship him. Um, but of course, they left Israel in haste, as God had told them to do. And they find themselves without a ready-made supply of, of food and water. And they had been grumbling and complaining against the Lord. And, um, and God, in despite their lack of faith, despite their lack of trust in him, he moves forward towards them in grace and he um, shows them how he's going to make provision for them. And the way he's going to make provision is that supernaturally, miraculously, every evening quail or bird meat is going to appear on the ground for the people to gather up. And then in the morning, manna or bread is going to be on the ground. And, and that this is going to be supplied supernaturally to meet the people's physical needs. And one of the lessons that we talked about yesterday that we need to take from this is the reason God didn't give it all at one time and the reason that God didn't, that God had them coming back daily um, and, that, and that the reason God said, if you gather more than you need um, and try to hoard it or save it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to perish, it's going to spoil. The, the reason, one of the reasons God did this was to communicate to the Israelites their ongoing need for him, that it was not them, okay, by their ingenuity, feeding themselves and, and such. It was, it was to remind them that they were every single day dependent upon God's mercies for that day. Every single day they were dependent upon um, their daily bread to the Lord. And so it was to remind them of their prayerful dependence, that it was God who was providing, not them. Now, with that said, um, let's remember for a minute what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians when he noted that these stories that God had given us in the Old Testament were not just for the Israelites, but they were in fact for us, for our benefit, for us to learn from. That's going to be really important um, when we think about one of the central, seminal moments in the life of Jesus and in the ministry of Jesus, um, which uses this event, the feeding um, of the manna to the people, the two million people of Israel uh, in the wilderness, um, where this is the backdrop to one of Jesus's greatest miracles. Okay, so to flip over to John chapter six, just for a second. Um, and we want to understand uh the importance of what happened in Exodus 16 to the ministry of Jesus. Now, remember when, when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus, he indicated um, to, the, to his disciples that 
the whole Old Testament, okay, the law and the prophets, okay, the wisdom literature, all of it was meant to be, point to him, be fulfilled in him, be completed in him. So in other words, these, these events, for example, the manna in the wilderness, these were a shadow or a, a foreshadowing of what was to come. And when we think about John chapter 6, and of course this is Jesus feeding of the 5,000, and this is one of those few miracles that's found in all four Gospels, okay? And, and because it's, it's pivotal, it's crucial. So let's look at John chapter 6 for a second. Um, you're very familiar with the story. In verse 6, verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. So, so here's the situation. Throngs, thousands of people are now following Jesus. They know he is some sort of anointed prophet. He's healing. He's casting out demons. He's working miracles. And kind of like with John the Baptist, they follow him out into the wilderness. They follow him out into, actually it's not the wilderness, it's more of like a desolate region around the Sea of Galilee. And, and it's kind of a remote place. There's not a lot of towns around. And the disciples look up and realize, um, hey, Jesus, all these people have followed us. They're looking to you. How are we going to feed them? And so this becomes the, um, obviously, the occasion where Jesus feeds the 5,000, okay? Now, the parallel between Exodus 16 and John chapter 6 is, is striking, okay? Um, and it's striking in, in this way, that number one, God has led his anointed Jesus, like he just, he, he led a Moses, out into a desolate region where these people, hungry people, needy people followed him, okay? Just like the people followed Moses into the wilderness, people were following Jesus out into the desolate regions. Um, they are like sheep, and like sheep, they don't know where their next meal is coming from. They get out there, and maybe it just strikes them, lo and behold, what are we going to do about eating? We followed this great, this great teacher. Um, where's the food going to come from? And same thing, of course, with the people and Moses. And now Jesus... Um, knows that the people who are following him in John 6 are enamored with his miracles. They're enamored with his, his miracle working. They're enamored with the signs and the wonders. Um, and so he, he puts his finger on this, okay? Look at verse 24 in chapter 6 of John when he says, So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they got themselves into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the woes. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. So basically, Jesus is saying, listen, you're seeking after me because you ate the bread and saw the miracle, and you are expecting me to do wondrous things. In fact, it says he, earlier in the chapter that he had crossed the, the sea knowing that they were going to try to make him king, okay? 
because he was doing all these miracles. Um, Jesus is setting this whole thing up to show them that what they really need is not bread to fill their bellies. It is they need the essence of Jesus and God the Father himself to fill them. So look at verse 36. Jesus said to them, um, I'm sorry, let me, let me back up. So, okay. Look at verse 30. Okay. So they said to him, then what other sign do you do that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So, so they're referencing this miracle. They clearly see the parallel with Jesus in his own ministry. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father who gives you from the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is him who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they say to him, sir, give us this bread always. Okay, sets us up for this pivotal moment. Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come down to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that has been given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? So Jesus here is, is, is pointing them to this reality that they're looking to him as the great miracle worker. They're looking to him as the one who's providing physical bread. Just like the people of Israel were looking to Moses as the miracle worker, looking to Moses, okay, as the one who provided physical bread. But yet, Jesus said, all these are just signs. They are signs that point to the reality that you need something more enduring than temporal bread. You need the bread of life. You need, um, your heart needs to be transformed. You need a permanent a permanent relationship, eternal relationship with Jesus Christ. And all these miracles, they're just meant to point you towards that. And and you can see now in, in Exodus 16, where, where God is, it's not just about him supplying their physical needs. God's after their hearts. God is wanting them to come and depend upon him. God is wanting to them to come and pursue him in relationship and to bring their hearts before him. And this is what Jesus is saying as well. He's saying, look, I'm not just the miracle worker. I'm not just the guy that gives you physical bread. I am, in fact, the son of God. I am the true bread. Um, this, this bread is just a sign of the, of the fact that I am the everlasting bread. I am the all-satisfying bread. I am, I'm, in fact, the bread of life. And so if you want to, um, to, to have not just an external transformation, but an internal transformation, then come to me. Trust me, follow me, worship me. Okay, so you see how now Jesus has orchestrated this whole miracle, feeding of the 5,000, to parallel what was happening in Exodus 16. And so, so Jesus is in essence telling us that bread that Moses 
used to feed the children in the wilderness the manna, I'm the manna. I'm the bread. And just as it's important that you have, you can't eat tomorrow's bread today and survive, right? You'll just get full or stuffed. You have to eat that day's supply of bread that day in order for it to sustain you. And so hopefully you can see Four Oaks, what a pattern or type that is now for us in thinking about our relationship with God, how necessary it is to come to him daily, how necessary it is to, for, to come to him hour by hour, how necessary it is, okay, to feed upon him as the bread of life, to draw close to him, to pursue him in relationship, to be in close communion with him. And, and, and so, so all of Exodus 16 prepares us, okay, and the people would have understood, I think, what Jesus was saying here. All of it's meant to prepare us for the coming of the true bread of life, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ. So, so observations we have today, practical steps that we want to take from this passage today. One, realize that every physical hunger we have, every longing that we have, every empty place that we have, it is all um, meant to point us in our hearts to the fact that we were created for a greater reality. We were created for something eternal. We were created for something soul satisfying. And the only thing that will satisfy that, of course, is Jesus. And that we come to him. It's not like we fill up our tank with Jesus on Tuesday and we run on that till, till Saturday. We need daily bread from him daily. Okay. Um, tomorrow's troubles, tomorrow's anxieties require tomorrow's grace. Today's troubles, today's anxieties require today's grace that only comes um, through Jesus, the bread of life, as we come and partake of him, feast on him, fellowship with him on a continual ongoing basis. So that is a second lesson, okay, we draw from Exodus chapter 16. Jesus is the manna. Now, tomorrow we're going to look at this idea that um, this pattern of, of rest, of renewal, that God led the Israelites in, that they were to gather um, on the last day of the week, they were together for two days, how that applies to us, what the rhythm of work and rest should be for us who now know Jesus as the bread of life. But that'll be tomorrow, same time, same station. Let me pray. Lord, go before us today. Lord, sustain us through the bread of life, your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody.